Hello, everyone, and welcome to Job Board Geek. It's the podcast about the business of connecting candidates and employers. My name is Jeff Dickey Chasens. I'm the Job Board Doctor and your host. And with me is the co-host, the sometimes frenetic Stephen Rothberg of College Recruiter. Hey, Stephen. I am fully espressoed up and ready to go. You know, I said frenetic. I really meant frantic. But I guess I'll have to <laughs> save that for another show. Anyway, uh, today we have a wonderful guest, uh, someone I've known for a while, Sarah Sutton of Flex Jobs. She's going to tell us how she does what she does and why they do it. But first, Stephen, I wanted to chat with you about some news. It's not particularly new news. I think it came out about three or four weeks ago, but I thought it was kind of interesting for a couple of reasons. Stepstone, which if you don't know, is the large job board conglomerate out of uh, Germany and operates in a number of different countries throughout Europe and in the US, announced that they are offering employer branding and recruiting services. And I thought this was kind of funny for two reasons. Um, One is that it's not really the case that employer branding is particularly new, even though they were sort of pitching that this as something that was kind of amazing. And then second, when I actually got in and read about it, what it actually involves is a bunch of services from four of their different companies. And the big innovation is that instead of working with four different people, you just work with one person. (laughs) I thought, thought, man, you know, this, this kind of reminds me of some of the stuff career builder used to pull. But anyway, um, <laughs> I guess, Stephen, my my question for you is twofold. One, did you see something in the Stepstone announcement that I didn't that made it more complex and important? And two, you know, what's your feeling about employer branding? Because I personally think uh, employer branding services are very important service for a job board to offer, but a lot of job boards don't do that. Yeah, I, I, I read it the same way as, as you did, Jeff. Uh I, I have a sneaking suspicion that Stepstone has like an unlimited press release package um, and that they just wanted to get their money's worth from it. I have a ton of respect for Stepstone and, and I, I hear a lot of great things for, for what they do, both on the branding side and on what the press release talked about in terms of recruitment advertising. Um, where those lines, where that line ends and the other one starts is, is always a little bit blurry. But yeah, I think the big innovation was exactly what you nailed rather than having to talk to at least two different salespeople to, to buy both the recruitment advertising postings, resume searching, that kind of stuff, and, and the branding, which for Stepstone, a lot of that is display advertising, podcast mm-hmm. advertising, that kind of stuff. Basically, the stuff you can't track. Right. <laughs> um, that you can now um, miraculously talk to one salesperson and get one invoice for. So um, Miraculous. I don't know, maybe, maybe that's innovative in Germany um, and in some mm-hmm. of their other markets. Um, but uh, I have a feeling that today's guest would not uh, classify that as being innovative. Right. That's abs- that's absolutely true. And actually, thank you for that great lead in there, because I do think today's guest is uh, someone who is far ahead of her time and has been for a long time, uh, someone that I've known for a while. Welcome to Job Board Geek, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. And it's great to be here. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Now, you founded Flex Jobs a number of years ago, and, and that's one way I think that you were ahead of your time. You also founded Remote.co uh, six years ago, long before the pandemic. So I'm, I was just wondering if you could kind of uh, give us a little background about how you got into the job board business. I know, I believe you had founded a job board uh, before Flex Jobs, and what caused you to think about Flex Jobs and getting it off the ground? Yeah, I'd be happy to tell you a little bit. Um, my journey's been probably somewhat unique. Um, I, I hadn't 
intended, you know, as in college to go into the job board market. In order to go into, that was, at the time I was majoring in international relations. <laughs> um, oh. But I, I, I will t- tell a little bit about that because it does set the tone for flex jobs. Um, I had my junior year at, at university um, at Berkeley. I had kind of learned this word entrepreneur. Um, somebody had mentioned, a friend's father had mentioned it to me and, our, and my friend when we were talking about what we we're going to do after after college. And at the time, this was in the mid nineties. It was really early nineties. It was really entrepreneurship was not something that was specifically normal. And and for me, um, we started thinking about it. And actually we did end up coming up with an idea to make uh, the first online entry-level job board, um, helping college students back in the day when it was still folders of faxed things to actually put those online in a database and um, allow people to search. Um, So we created, that was a company called JobDirect and that was in 95. Uh, We launched that. We both dropped out of college. Very exciting time in in the internet in general. And also just a, a a ton of change in the job market uh, at that time with the processes and how things were happening and the way candidates were getting in front of employers. And it was just such a dynamic learning environment. We grew that company and sold it to Corn Ferry uh, in 2001. And then after that, I kind of went into some other other paths in, in another interest in my life. But that experience in helping people find jobs and internships and having what that was, and also just the, the magic in making it work well having the databases that can be really sophisticated and really help people um, find opportunities that better fit their lives. So fast forward to when I was pregnant with my first son and I was looking at my own career path and what I wanted to do. And I knew that I wanted to work. I, I wanted and needed to work. And and I wanted something that would be more flexible, something that would allow me either to home more, uh, that I, I looked into consulting and part-time work and freelance work and, and, and remote because I'd had several jobs, roles that had integrated remote throughout my career, including at my first company where I, I did go back to school and finally graduate. Um, and, but I worked from West coast, to East coast hours and such. So I got into flex jobs and it is, I, I started because I looked at my own situation as a, as a working mother. Um, but I really did not want it to be about mothers and I did not want it to be just about one role really when I looked at the landscape, everyone can benefit from work flexibility of some sort at different stages in their lives. So um, yeah, different, unique time to start a company when you're pregnant, but <laughs> went for it. And with um, with flexibility in general, remote has always been the, the top kind of the holy grail, so to speak, and flexibility and then flexible schedules and then other variances on, on flexible work. But it was really something that stemmed from my own experience and wanting to solve a problem that I knew existed. And the work from home market at that time was so scam ridden uh, and and really low level jobs for the most part, not a whole lot of legitimacy or professionalism to it. So it's really about elevating that. And we've had the chance to grow it significantly over the last 15 years. Yeah. And I, and actually I'll tell you something that I haven't told any of our other guests because it hasn't been true is that I actually used flex jobs for about a year uh, in the mid, in the mid two thousands when I was thinking about moving out of one job and I signed up as a member and, and I thought it was quite good, uh, quite interesting, but that brings up sort of a, a key question I have for you because you are you represent a type of job board that is not common in the industry and you're the first one to come on job board geek with this particular model where you actually charge candidates uh, rather than you know the typical model is to charge the employers and give the candidates everything free can you talk a little bit about that and why 
you think candidates are willing to pay for flex job services? Sure. Um, with the backdrop of my first company, I will also say that was definitely a free model for job seekers. Uh, enterprise sales for employers, either five to six digit annual contracts, very different sales model. <clears throat> and then we also have sponsor sponsorships and such that help diversify our revenue on that side. When I launched and, and actually in that market with the entry level market, there's a pool to swim in. There are conferences around that, there are budgets, large corporations have budgets for entry level recruiting, et cetera. There's kind of like an audience for that. When we started Flex Jobs, we we did start it in a free model, actually. I, st- I we started it initially as a pay to post model employer free for job seekers. What we were doing in that process, though, is we had a team of, we had a team, I say we did, now we have a team, back then it was like one or two of us who were going out and looking for the job postings and then adding them to our site so that the job seekers would have something to see. And we are also doing the reach outreach to the salespeople in the different companies who have, were posting these jobs. What we quickly learned was that the role, the pe- types of people hiring for those jobs had like 120 different titles. It was, there was no one employer person that was hiring for work from home. And a lot of the work from home or remote jobs at that point, again, they kind of were, employers viewed it and still up until the pandemic really viewed a lot of the remote work as warm and fuzzy benefits for the worker, not any was really that beneficial for the employer. And they weren't really willing to pay. So quite honestly, we got to a point in the company where like, this isn't really working. We're having a great job getting, it's working getting the job seekers to our site. And the interest is definitely there, but the model to get the employers to pay and and value these jobs and the kind of candidates we have was not working. So quite honestly, we looked at what our options were and leaned into what was working, which is the job seekers. And the other part of this I'll say is that I've always had a struggle with my first company and with the original model in selling to HR departments and same departments, but it's really hard. And, um, and I'm not a salesperson. I don't really enjoy sales. I really enjoy making the job search experience better and easier for job seekers. So ultimately, you know, the, the people who pay you are the people you prioritize in a company. And so by flipping the model, when we looked at that concept, we looked at it as, listen, we're going to offer something. We're going to offer something to job seekers. That's a premium experience, making it faster, easier, better, safer to find these jobs. Um, but at the time, especially we're a needle in the haystacks, about 60 scams to every one real job at that point. And, and we will vet them. We will make sure they're legitimate, professional, high quality, and um, and see if people will pay. And then in the flip side, we don't have to sell to the employers. We can instead just research the jobs and aggregate them into our d- database. And let's see how that goes. And from the moment we flipped that switch, it was a whole different story. It works so much better. It feels so much better. We're serving the audience we truly want to serve, which the job seekers, um, to make it a better, safer, faster experience for them. Again, um, job seeking is always stressful. Job searching, or, or it certainly can be. And um, our opportunity to make that better uh, really allowed us to kind of focus on the people who were in a buttering or bread, so to speak, I guess. Yeah. What, what, one thing that to date myself, so I, I definitely remember Job Direct. College Recruiter was a, uh, a competitor of it yep. um, way, back, <laughs> way back when electricity wasn't, you know, it wasn't invented yet. My recollection is you had a fleet of RVs. And it might have been three, it might have been 10 or whatever. I'm not talking like thousands of art, but you basically like some job boards today will talk about getting the posting in front of the candidate. And what they're talking about is like programmatic and, and job distribution. But you had RVs getting the computers in front of, of the candidates. And um, that that was quite a different era um, <laughs> than, than it is now. There are so many things that I love about flex jobs, but but one of them um, is that uh, we both both of our organizations use a writer. 
uh, Matt Crumry, who yeah. is just one of the most wonderful, gifted writers and and great people in, in the world. So if you if you happen to be you know saying or seeing him or whatever, uh, um, say hello. He's he's just fantastic. The question I had for you was was about um, search engine optimization. Uh, I think that there are a lot of things that you do well, but to me, when I think of flex jobs, I think of just a job board that that just absolutely kills it in a in a good way with SEO. When I when I'm searching for job posting information or whatever, and invariably you're going to be on that first page. Um, so tell us all your secrets. How do you <laughs> how how do you do that? Money <laughs> ring back yes. And without a licensing fee, by the way, and no consulting, no no consulting fee either. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's funny. I mean, and the fact that you bring up, um, yeah, the RVs that we had at our first company, which we called the Job Drive, and we did. They were it was entrepreneurial marketing. Um, and at the time, that was you might not at the time it was the first time anyone had ever done that. We were not aware of anybody, and we in fact won at the time. Inc. Magazine had some big marketing masters awards, and we actually won an award for those for entrepreneurial marketing, and it was. Really exciting, interesting time, and so much of it is about bringing jobs to meeting people where they are. To and and I leap forward to SEO is a very logical step in meeting people where they are. If they're searching for something, being able to try to be right there for college campuses at the time is because they didn't have email. They didn't have email yet, so we needed to yeah. bring buses, which were networked with comp- laptop computers, which signed them up for email and then got them in our database. This time it's more SEO has been really sh- important from a strategic standpoint. It's very cost effective as well, especially as a startup. And so um, in both of my organizations, we've been able to leverage a couple things, SEO and also marketing and press. Um, so I don't actually, although I enjoy being here talking with you, I actually don't enjoy doing press so much. I don't love being in front of cameras or anything like that at all <laughs> generally, but um, but I, um, it's a really wonderful way to get the story out and to, and to meet people where they are and let them hear the stories from the consumer side. And so SEO is something we have leveraged pretty intentionally from the very beginning. Um, we did a lot of company pages. So we had writers on our staff who would do unique descriptions for every single company that we added to the site. And so it was, and it was really written for the job seeker. So our company descriptions aren't just copied and pasted from the companies like marketing top information. It's really why if you are a job seeker looking for flexible work, would you be interested in this company? And what do they do? What do you need to know? So we went to great lengths actually from very early, yeah, early in the company to create these very high value SEO company pages so that anytime somebody would look up, you know, a company name and the remote jobs, we generally would be be up there. And that was something strategically early on we did. We had a number of other strategies along those lines. And we did work with an SEO consultant very early on. So I think that that was something that we were able to leverage. And we still look at it with a lot of very creative approaches. And it integrates very well with the press and media strategy, especially as it com- relates to backlinking and incoming links from, from high quality sites. So there's there's a lot there. And it's we have a great team, um, a, a wonderful team that works really collaboratively and creatively together. I, I love I love the, the the company page not just being about the company, but about why the candidate who's on your site should be interested in that company, right? So if you've got a niche job board about engineers or in Latin America, it's like, what does that company have to do with engineering jobs or jobs in Latin America? And that is definitely un- very unusual. Thanks. Yeah, writing, I mean, that again, having our revenue model be driven primarily and for a long time, Not not although we do, we do work um, with paid employers as well. Uh, we do have that side of the business also, but originally and primarily working with job seekers allowed us to really focus on their experience. So everything on our site was really written with them, the, the intention of them 
having a good experience first and foremost, not advertising the company in the way that they wanted to be advertised. No offenses, but it's, it really wasn't just about that at all. <laughs> well, and I, I will admit that you're actually, your press strategy is one that I point clients to when I say, this is an example of a job board that has a really good press strategy and is effective at, at using it. And, you know, it really does pay off. Most job boards really don't. They don't, they don't understand it or they don't feel like they have the resources to pursue it. But I think that's great. Yeah. Well, and, and if you don't want me saying just on the press strategy, it's, we do it very differently than anyone else. Um, we did it very differently in my first company. Also, it isn't about hiring. We don't have a press agency. We don't do, we don't, the budget part of it. it I did our press strategy internally when we started. Um, and I remember one of our first lands with flex jobs, one of the biggest ones was we got on CNN and, um, and that was like just a level up. But that was through sheer networking, reaching out, relationship building, being friendly, you know, reaching out to a writer who you've read an article and an, art, an author or a writer like Matt Cumry or anybody and saying, hey, I liked your article. Hey, I, I cover, I work in this area. If there's anything I can ever do or here's some information, like just common sense, friendly relationship building. Um, that's very much more how we view it than we do what, what most companies press strategy as. Well, I think it's funny that you said that you don't really um, like or feel that you're a salesperson, but actually I think people that are good at press are actually very good salespeople. It's just a different type of persuasion. And I'm passionate about what, what we do for sure. Um, so much so, but, um, but yeah, you couldn't, yeah, I, not a salesperson. It's funny. Um, when I was first starting out in my career, I went and did a career assessment. I was an English major and it kept coming back saying, you should really be in sales and marketing. I'm like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. Yes, you should really be in sales and marketing. And in fact, I found great satisfaction being in sales and marketing, even though I am an English major. So, <laughs> well, Sarah, I have a, another question for you, um, which is, you know, I feel like both of your sites, the uh, FlexJobs and Remote.co, really anticipated where we are right now in terms of the change that's been in the workforce. So I'm, I'm just curious, almost all the other job boards that we've talked to said, oh man, you know, from like February until August of 2020, our business just went in the hole. I was wondering if you have a different story. Did your business go up because you already had, you were already servicing remote workers? Um, the short answer is yes. This has been our market for a very long time. It's certainly internally dealing with adjusting with what happened with the pandemic. We're already a remote company. We've been a remote company forever. So although it was by far and in a way the hardest couple of years remote working, um, as most of us didn't have spouses or partners who work from home or children, and especially the younger children, it was, was really, it's been a very hard couple of years, even for purely remote companies, because it's we aren't meant to work remotely the way that was, that was happening, especially with the stress and anxiety and all the other things happening in the world. So in terms of being able to be a resource for a lot of people and a lot of organizations as they were trying to figure this out, yes, we found ourselves very much in, I'll say in a good spot, it's not how I would have wished it by any stretch. Um, The silver lining of the pandemic for me though is that companies who, many companies who had for a very long time kept their head in the sand or actively denied the efficacy and the the, the effectiveness and opportunity available with the technology associated with 
remote work, they had to adopt it. And I'll and I'll say a lot of the large tech companies were some of the leading companies saying, you know, before the pandemic being very anti. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's ironic because they're also the companies that build the technology for most of what enables remote work. I was reviewing something on Slack and what their uh, moving forward strategy is with remote work yesterday. And they, they'd written a funny article at one point saying Slack, the company that finally that enables remote working for other companies has finally realized that we should do it ourselves. So it's tongue in cheek and I appreciate their their humor, but that was actually the essence of a lot of what was happening in the in the market. So I think that the evolution in how we were working and what um, how we define how we're working and where and when and how it needed to change desperately. Actually, I don't think it was working for most people. People made it work because they had to, but the uh, the level of is a is a workplace healthy and sustainable in this day and age for all of the different kind of different work and family structures we have nowadays with single parents and long commutes and all these other elements. I think that moving forward, there's some real benefits to the fact that remote and hybrid, which is where I believe it's going to settle primarily. I think we'll have a lot more remote only companies like ours. Um, and I think that uh, we'll have some companies who dig in, dig their heels in and say, we're, no, we're going to stay only on site. Um, but the mass majority are going to end up in some hybrid form. Um, and that's, you know, welcome change overall. You know, I, I would say I always focus on the candidate side, both when I'm advising job boards, but also when I look at the labor market. And I think right now, one of the great things that's come out of the pandemic is there's a labor shortage, which means that it's very hard for bad employers to be successful because they won't have any employee, which is sounds a little vindictive, but I feel like that's the way it should be. If they're not, if they're not good employers, if they're not willing to make their employees um, feel respect from them, then they don't deserve employees, you know? So I, I hope it stays that way, but you know, who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens in the future. Well, remote work, remote work has also always been an insurance policy. And that's something that most companies also didn't have to really embrace in a deep systemic way until the pandemic. But prior to that, even when there were hurricanes in the East Coast or bad weather or um, all kinds of different reasons when people needed the flexibility of having people work from home, it would would pop up. But the pandemic just surged it globally. Moving forward, we know that this kind of thing can can happen. Um, And also, quite honestly, if it's okay to mention that, I mean, we're going through these refugee crises with Ukraine and, and and not just Ukraine, there's many other refugees refugee crises as well. And that's also an area where remote work is something, you know, we're working with a number of different organizations to try to help support refugees finding jobs that can um, either move with them and or accommodate their kind of location challenges, I guess, as you might say. So there's a lot of different reasons why remote work is important to have a healthy, sustainable and effective workforce moving forward. Yeah, I totally agree. And in fact, I, I have some acquaintances that are Ukrainian that are continuing Continuing to work remotely, even as they're caught up in the midst of a war. So, well, well, listen, Sarah, it's been wonderful having you on the show, and I appreciate you coming on. If people want to get a hold of you, how? What's the best way that they can get in touch? Um, probably LinkedIn, um, Sarah Sutton Flex Jobs. That, that's probably the easiest, honestly. And then also my email is Sarah S A R A at flexjobs.com. So I try to keep up on that pretty well. But <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. No, my pleasure. It's great talking with you both. Thanks, Stephen, and thanks, Jeff, and Stephen. If people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, they first they need to wait 
momentarily because Sarah is such a good predictor of the future that she and I first have to have a conversation about what Powerball numbers I should be playing. <laughs> and then after that, and only after that, they can email me, Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, at collegerecruiter.com. Thank you so much, Sarah. My pleasure. It's nice talking with you, and thank you both. And I guess that's it for today's episode of Job Board Geek. Please be sure to subscribe via Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, whatever you want. Feel free to give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I prefer a thumbs up. And this is Jeff Dickey Chasen's The Job Board Doctor. You've been listening to the only podcast that covers the business of connecting candidates and employers. That's all for now. We'll see you again next time. 